Hello, hello, hello. Hello? Hey, hey, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm doing well. What's up, y'all? I know it's been a minute, but this is part two of Love or Lust of King's Talk. You know, me and Coop, we've been kind of waiting for everybody to kind of settle down from graduation. Congrats to all the 2020 graduates. Congrats to everybody finishing the semester. So we wanted to give people that time to, you know, finish finals and do well on track. So here I'm with Haley today. She's a junior at Texas State studying digital media with an art minor. And she's the 2020-2021 BSA president. So I forgot anything, Haley? Oh, no, no. You can't All right, great. It. Well, welcome to the show. And Coop can't join us today because he starts his internship in um in uh, Chicago for the summer. So he's moving yeah. and getting ready for all that. So y'all keep him in y'all's prayers and thoughts as he gets ready to travel up there. So, Haley, I guess I want to start the conversation yeah. off by um asking, how is your perception of love changed over the years like i know as children we kind of see it as like uh kind of romanticized type of type of deal but how has it changed as you know you grow into like womanhood and grow into who you are and like going through college and stuff um so definitely my perception has changed the most um and basically the way i grew out of all of my expectations because I used to think that love um, had an identity, I guess. And I've come to realize that it doesn't. Um, I feel like I've definitely grown out of it coming from a place where they have to do this or this, or I have to do this or this in order to get this relationship and feel love and moved more into a place where it's natural and authentic and I'm approaching um, love in just the most pure way I can, basically, not trying to uh, force anything or project anything because, you know, I learned that those can be very damaging to the relationship and the bond that you build by trying to make someone fulfill a role for you because that's just not how it works. Yeah, that fulfilling of a role, that's crucial because I feel like oftentimes people have, you know, things that they have unresolved, such as like insecurities or things like that. And yeah. they want people to fill that role and fill that void when they can't. So you hit mm-hmm. it right on the um right on the head when you said, you know, going at it with no kind of identity and no parameter and just being pure and being um not forced with it so that's great yeah I wanted to um, I wanted to ask you because it took me a while to kind of figure out a definition so how would you describe love yourself how would I describe love well yeah, it's funny you ask that because it's it's twofold for me really, because there I have like mm-hmm. a biblical like definition of like my faith how love is, and then I also have like kind of my own personal belief. But for me personally, mm-hmm. from a faith perspective, you know, God is love, and that's what I believe, and that's what I see through you know Him being unconditional and, um, you know, loving and um trustworthy and being there and providing so from that perspective i see it i see that from that perspective as god is love and i was recently Mm -hmm. reading on michael todd's relationship goals and if y'all haven't Mm -hmm. read it y'all need to read it but um it just talks about how you know when you look at a healthy marriage that is a portrayal and an illustration of god's love because you know you see somebody you see two people who are happily married you're like wow like that's that's great like that's something i want because you know they have yeah. kids and you know they their kids have kids and it's a whole generation so i believe you know that marriage piece is like a portrayal it was an illustration that you know god love is still real 
But um, from personally for me, I just feel like um, love is truth, honestly, because it's if somebody um somebody loves you, they're gonna tell you the truth. It's not gonna um, it's not gonna sugarcoat it. It's not gonna um, it's not gonna lie to you. It's just gonna be true. So that's always it's just gonna it's be just real. gonna be real. Like there's no other way to put yeah. it. So for personally for me, love is truth. So the way I see it, I try to um, seek truth. And all I do and like seek truth, whatever um, friendships or, you know, relationships I'm, relationships I may have and just go from there. And see, I like how you brought up friendships because oftentimes when people talk about love, it's strictly like romance. romance. It's always like I always hear love um, and like romantic situations or with people that you're interested in romantically. And all of that to me is just kind of falls all under this big like romance culture. I feel like the heavy portrayal of romantic love um, on social media has like fed people this, like love is this and that. And it takes away from like loving your friends and loving your family and just that that same love that you have for them should be applied to your relationships. All of these extra romantic factors, those are addition, like additions that you get once you, you know, have that created culture between you two and you guys can like enjoy the love. But Yeah, that's a great point. That generally yeah. Oh, what were you gonna say? Oh, I was just gonna say like just like the general general of love it doesn't always have to deal with romance and people usually just talk about it that way right i just feel like the relationship you have with your family and your friends i feel like that's a foundation that you build on mm-hmm, definitely. so like if you know there's things you need to work on like becoming a better son becoming a better um friend becoming a better brother becoming a better mm-hmm. sister and loving within those parameters then whenever you reach into that point where you know you say you're ready for a relationship or something to that matter, then that love mm-hmm. just multiplies exponentially because it's already been building and been culminating over the years. So, Yes. Like you've learned how to love others and then also learning how to love yourself is very crucial for wanting to, you know, get further in love and getting into those relationships because you heal all those voids um that you might project onto other people when you're seeking for love right and it's just social media has like you said earlier like social media has kind of put people in a place to where it's like this is love this isn't love this is toxic this isn't toxic so then people go into relationships and um like different situations already with those parameters and those preconceived notions that they don't even mm-hmm. they don't even approach it authentically. They're just approaching it as, oh, this is what Twitter told me. This is what Instagram told me. Yeah. And it's just like it's not it's not an authentic approach. It's just more so of it's not it's just a matter of and they're missing right. out. And it's just oh, you're good. Sorry. it's just a matter of um <laughs> just a matter of he said, she said, and if it's not like that, then it's not real. I wanted to add that they're missing out on the like raw experience of it all too, because when you let go all of those expectations and you're able to just enjoy someone for the moment and let love grow and form naturally, it's a way better bond than kind of having this mindset of, you know, we went on this date, he's met my friends, he's met my parents, well, boom, the next step is we're together. And that's too entitled. Like, that's your perception of love based off of your ideas that you think that if you do these things, like, you guys are just going to be coupled up. And then people get hurt and people get played and people get, you know, messed around with and all these things that we, that we have going on right now because they're expecting too much. And they project those expectations. They project, like, you took me on... You took me on a date and you met my mom, so you're my boyfriend, but no, you know, and you're missing out on just enjoying that person and letting love grow because it has to grow. You can't force it. That's very true. And I like how you brought up the yeah. point of, you know, releasing. 
Because I'm a firm believer if you want to receive, you have to release. So some things yeah. you have to, you know, let go in order to mm-hmm. receive. But then back to what you were saying as far as um, expectations, I can see where, mm-hmm. um, you know, expectations be maybe set too early. But I feel like yeah. I feel like you still have to have um, a kind of an idea of where you're going. So I understand where, yes. you know, you're enjoying and the time. Boundaries. Yeah, some boundaries and where mm-hmm. you're going. So it's like, I understand the concept of, you know, enjoying the moment, but also, you know, I just see you, I just see into like the future. I see, you know, a week from now, two weeks from now, that's kind of like one of my biggest struggles because mm-hmm. I see things long-term so that I'm not really enjoying the moment. So it's just a matter of balance mm-hmm. and, you know, having, you know, an expectation of, oh, like, an expectation and kind of an understanding of where you're headed, but at the same time, yeah. you know, still enjoying the process. So it's just an interesting I, balance. It is an interesting balance, and it's definitely something I struggle with because I didn't, like, and I know enjoying the moment gets thrown around so loosely, especially in this whole um, little talking stage that we have going on. Um, but for me, like, I've come to approach that process of enjoying the moment of learning how to like stay out of my head and, and planning and foreseeing so much because then I'm starting to expect too much. And it's not, I don't want to mean it in a way where it's like limit your expectations and, you know, like, it's okay to have like, some boundaries like, oh, if we complete this process, like we're moving closer, like you're closer to me, you're letting someone more into your life, of course, you would expect the relationship to grow and develop. And I think that's all true, fair game. Um, But like I said, of like approaching, enjoying the moment, it's just, you know, staying outside of our heads and, and learning this person, like, learning how they love, because I know a lot of people, one thing I struggled with, right, is I loved a certain way. And so I was expecting that way to come back to me because that giving and receiving process isn't really defined. You might not receive everything that you give, but that's just could be, they don't love the same way as you. And then maybe, maybe that match isn't meant to be, like the feelings could be there, but you guys don't give and receive in the same way. That's that's also important because people get so stuck into giving a certain way and expecting to receive a certain way. And then all of a sudden, the whole relationship just gets this because you don't give the same way that they do. So they think that your feelings aren't real, but you guys haven't really even taken the time to learn each other. All right. That giving and receiving process is very imperative to growing that relationship and like you were saying earlier it's just a matter of um just a matter of staying out of your head like you said and um keep doing what's best for the both of y'all so i have another question Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. why do you think kind of just like going back to what we were previously talking about, why do you think some people are more readily to accept and give love while others reject it? I think um, because of the foundation, you know, some people, I don't think people realize how complex love can be, even down to the receiving process. Because um, in my blog post that I recently wrote, <laughs> that we both read, <laughs> um, I talked about how if you grew up um, around conditional love, uh, maybe from your friends or from your family, you're too used to role fulfillment. And I think people who struggle um, receiving love, it's just, it it could be tied down to to that foundation. Like they could have grown up in, um, in a conditional, around conditional love, like, they only got loved back or they only received love after they did something. And maybe as they age, 
you know, that's something in question. I don't know. It could just, I kind of lost my train of thought. No, you were, you were but great. They, yeah. So. <laughs> it's very, yeah, you can go. So I think it's more so of like you were saying, kind of this role fulfillment, this role destination where we see like, yeah. oh, once I reach this point, I'll get love and respect that I deserve rather than, you know, getting it from a jump. Because I know for me personally, mm-hmm. like, it was like, oh, you know, if I got an A on a test or I did well, then it's like, oh, love you, proud of you. But then it's just yeah. not a matter of, you know, just randomly like, hey, like, I love you. So then now looking forward is just me being more cognizant of that and not trying to fulfill a role in somebody else's life that they never asked me to fill. Because I feel like yeah. oftentimes we... You know, we that's important. We try to fill shoes that people never ask us to fill. We try to do things that people mm-hmm. never ask us to do. So when we so by the time we end up in that position, we're so pouring into that role or pouring into that position to where we lose ourselves in the process and we're empty by the end of it and then we're hurt. So Yes. Yeah. No, for sure, because you you're constantly giving and giving and giving and you might not be receiving in the ways that you want to. And so then not only do you question them, but you start to question you because you're like, am I doing enough? And then so you do more. And then it's, it's, I was talking with my friend, right? And we came up with this whole idea of you can't think through love because it requires too much of your heart. Because if you are trying to think for love, you're trying to do something for love, you're trying to like plot for love, that's too much in your head. And love is experienced purely from the heart. It's, it's unconditioned. Love is everything good in this world to me. Compassion, kindness, you know, loyalty, and and those actions, those in their true forms comes from the heart. It's not something that you're consciously aware of all the time. And you just can't you can't think through love. Cause it you're exist you're making love exist outside of your heart now. And you just need to feel it. And once you feel it for yourself first, even if you didn't feel it in the ways you should have you know, from your families or for your friends, once you really learn how to feel it for yourself, you understand your emotions better. You understand how you, you can accept yourself and your flaws. You know how to love unconditionally. Now you radiate that, you attract that, and you can handle, you can do that giving and receiving process easier because you already do it with yourself all from your heart you don't have to think about it because you don't think if you're struggling you might (laughs) but usually you don't think twice about loving yourself so why would you think twice about you know loving someone else it's a feeling and if it's existing outside of the heart then it's just not real it's too created it's too egotistical it's all you and not your heart wow you hit that was beautiful I'll just say that oh, first. Thank you. Because <laughs> thank just from you. what you said, you said you can't think through love. It comes from the heart. I feel like yeah. I've never heard it put like that, honestly. Because when you think about it, when it comes from a place of, you know, a mindset or an intellect or something like that, it's kind mm-hmm. of, it's more so infatuation. So the yeah, fact that, yeah, the fact that it comes from the heart is beautiful. But just to add on to what you said, it's just like, it's mm-hmm. a feeling, yes, but then it's a feeling and then it's acted upon. So yes. you feel it and then you act on it through your actions. And that those actions back up the way you feel. So beautiful. Thank you. That when, whenever we were talking about that, honestly, my mind, we just kind of stopped there for a moment because we were like, That's, that was the best way to define it for me. <laughs> honestly, because it takes so much pressure off. And then all of a sudden, I like, you know, like, this is love and this isn't because I'm feeling this instead of thinking about it. Right. Just like, yeah, because we want God's love. You can't, 
you can't even comprehend it and you can't even fathom it but you feel it Mm -hmm. and the way you put it related it back to you know the love that comes from you know the foundation of your faith so it just it was really a great point so with that being said do you still believe in the institution of marriage and the love it holds so institutional marriage I mean I think you can create so many experiences with authentic love and um in our you know in our society marriage is one of them that's a beautiful thing I do think marriage has become too contracted for me that isn't I don't mean that to say like I won't get married because I mean like of course I would want to get married but I think marriage has created its own culture (laughs) just like in my head I have romance culture I always I also have you know marriage culture which romance culture kind of falls into and for me like explaining that it's basically just like it's these steps that people create right, that the media has created, that these romantic movies have created where it's like step one, step two, step three, step four, like marriage, like this is happening. It's something, it's become too forced to me, marriage culture, because it's so pushed, especially to like, you know, women when we're younger, like, oh, like, you know, you have to be a good wife. You have to do these things. I just, I just don't think... I believe in I believe in true love and I believe marriage can can bind that but I don't think you need it necessarily and I don't like the way that we portray it so I would have to say no even though I would probably end up <laughs> getting married but I want to make it something that's my own and not feed into all these things that are kind of surrounded of marriage and how you get married and the way that you do it and how fast it comes and who you do it with and how much money you two, you know, have to share, like all of that. I don't agree with that. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up, you know, the counterculture and the culture surrounding it because it plays right into the topic because the, co- the, the word the culture pushes is lust, honestly. Because lust, yeah. like you were saying, you said love, it comes from the heart, it isn't forced. But the lust is something mm-hmm. you have to pursue and it's something you have to, um, like, chase after. Like, if you're, yeah. like, if, if me as a man, if I'm lusting after a woman, I'm going to have to, you know, do that to, at the end of the day, get <clears throat> what I want. And mm-hmm. that's just an example. But that's basically, like, what you're saying, the culture that's being pushed now, that's, oh, you do this, 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 then marriage. But then I believe in the institution of marriage, like you were saying, because um, of it not being forced and it being genuine and authentic. But then also that mm-hmm. is just it's a promise and it's a covenant and that you can have um, you can have love prior to marriage and prior relationships. But I feel like marriage like births love because, you know, you're with that person every single day, you know, mm-hmm. waking up with that person, you know, cooking dinner, raising a family. And then you're doing that for years on years on years, like 20, 30 years, if you even <laughs> able to reach that long, honestly. But yeah. after <laughs> that, right, because this divorce rate is crazy. <laughs> but um, crazy. once you reach that level of authenticity within um, a marriage, then that gives birth to like true love and authentic love. So I believe love mm-hmm. can, you know, can, ha- can happen prior to. But I believe that marriage is the culmination and the true authenticity of what love is supposed to be in the right parameters and the right boundaries. That that makes sense. I can agree with that, too, because definitely those parameters and boundaries are essential, <laughs> because if not, you know, the love gets lost into just like a mask, you know, a show, like we're putting on this show, we're putting on this look, you know, we're the perfect family. And that's just not something I ever want to be put into. 
And so I think approaching marriage, I would have to, it would have to be serious. Like, obviously, for anyone, it would have to be serious, right? No one plans on getting a divorce, but these rates, <laughs> I just, and even from what I've grown grown up with, you know, my parents are divorced. Um, both of my parents have remarried. And, I, you know, I'm not putting, like, too much out there. But, like, you know, we've all seen unhappy couples. We've seen unhappy marriages. And I just think that the root of it, there was, it was the unconditional and the, the authentic love that was missing because that give and receive balance, you know, that harmony within the relationship could have never been there because it always, it had to be based off of something and through time that something left. And so now it's gone, but you know, you're kind of restricted into marriage because you want to keep up this view. You want to keep up this look. Yeah, I appreciate And so I was going to say, maybe I'm, I'm probably biased. I'm probably really biased <laughs> from my point of view about marriage. I can understand where you're coming from. I just wanted to say I appreciate your like authenticity, your honesty about it, because that helps contribute to the conversation. And like you were saying with me, it's like I have a similar view because, you know, I was raised by a single mom. So my mm-hmm. view on marriage, like like you said, like I've seen it not work and I've seen, you know, how it can go wrong, but I look at it from a glass half full perspective that, you know, I've seen, you know, where it's gone wrong. So what can I do to make it go right? You know, I've seen behaviors and things that were done incorrectly. So how can I approach a situation correctly? So it's just a matter of, I guess, from my perspective, just shifting, shifting your view to where you know yeah. that was that generation yeah, yeah that was that generation's um kind of not issue but that was that generation's set of problems so how can I learn from their problems and shift it into my own and make and do better for my future family you know I'm so glad that you brought up generations because I I definitely had a question for for you for, about us and it was with this generation constantly like romanticizing love, you know, everyone on your Twitter feed talking about how they want this and they want that. Why do you think it's so hard for our generation to experience love? Like why is there so much negative feedback when it comes to our age group and and romance and dating? That's a great question. Me and my friends talk about this all the time, believe it or not. But um, recently I've been, that's, I'm glad you brought up social media because over quarantine, I just haven't been able to take like social media. Like ever since finals, I've been like off Twitter and I'm just yeah, on, same. I've been off like Instagram a little bit, just my Instagram story or whatever. But um, I think it's hard on both ends. I'm just going to take it from two perspectives. I'll say, I'll mm-hmm. start from the guys and I'll go to women. So, guys, I'll say okay. that, um, you know, our priorities are messed up. And I'm just mm-hmm. keep it straight. <laughs> I'm just going to be real. That, you know, as, I love it. As, I love the honesty. As men, our priorities are messed up. You know, we're in our 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, whatever. And mm-hmm. this is the time that we're supposed to be building, educating ourselves, you know, trying to put in work. But then mm-hmm. now it's like who got the most clout, who got the most retweets, who got the, who yeah. got the most um, females, um, who got the most drip, you know, it's not about, it's not, mm. it's not about substance. It's about clout and about yeah. who, who's cool, who's not, who's popping, who's not, mm. whose album is harder, who's not. So our priorities as men yeah. are all messed up. So by the time we even, re- by the time we even reach a woman who's potentially great for us, our minds are so twisted and warped that we can't even appreciate the true greatness that she brings to our lives. Mm. So I feel like as men, like this is the time we're supposed to build. We're young, we're healthy, you know, we're getting our education. This is a time to build for future generations. So Mm -hmm. I feel like once we get our priorities straight, then that's when we'll get blessed because, you know, even in the beginning of creation, Adam, God made Adam, 
he said, you have to go to work. You know, you have to, you know, name the animals, name the trees, you know, build the garden, maintain the garden. So he had to put that work in in order to get Eve. So I feel like as men, we have to, you know, get our priorities straight, you know, worry, worry about the right things. And then, you know, it'll come. And then with women on the other end of the spectrum, I just feel like um, it's just a lot of hurt and pain, honestly, especially with black women in the black community that first starting off with, like, I know a lot of my um, female friends, I grew up in like a single parent home and different stuff like that. So they experienced that pain from the jump with like an absent father or, you know, not a good relationship. So then that pain kind of trickles down to where, you know, when they meet somebody and, you know, they let them down, that that contributes to the pain. And then that pain compounds. And then it's so mm-hmm. painful and compounded to the fact that, you know, when it's a man who's been on his priorities and actually actually trying to do the right thing steps into, you know, her life potentially, it's a fact of like, oh, like you're a unicorn. Like <laughs> you're not from this planet. Because, yeah. <laughs> because that's all that they've kind of known so that when they get to that point, it's kind of like second guessing and then also it can be um a point to where you know a man and a woman have both experienced that pain to where when they both meet each other it's just like second guessing it's like i don't want to move you don't want to move i don't want to get hurt you don't want to get hurt so we're both not going to move and then it just ends in chaos so i feel like yeah I, i just feel like healing has to happen on both ends and um Especially, you know, our men, like, getting our priorities straight. Stop worrying about clouds. Stop worrying about, you know, who got the juice, who don't got the juice. It don't matter. <laughs> and then <laughs> women is just, you know, black women will always prevail no matter what. And I forgot who said this quote, but just how the black woman is the most disrespected woman in America. And disrespected person mm-hmm. in America. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like our baseline when it comes to women in general is respect and not just a matter of, Oh, I respect her because, you know, that's my mom or that could be my sister, but just as just on a human fundamental level of, of human to human, you know, that's a human being, you know, I got to respect that. And then from that respect, build on that and, you know, try to find love. And just another thing is just stop letting, you know, I know I say we talked about social media earlier, but letting social media influence a lot because... No, because that's so important because it really, it does so much damage more than people realize. Right. And, you know, it's not only just social media, but friends too, because, you know, mm-hmm. you can have a friend who's like, you can have a friend who's single and who's been hurt, but then you're trying to do right. And then your single hurt friends are like, oh, he ain't this, he ain't that, he ain't good for you, da 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 in your ear. So by the time you even approach somebody who could be potentially good, you already been having that in your ear. So it's just important to like the information you receive, you know, what you listen to, what you um read, what you what you pour into yourself. So I feel like it's problems on both ends of the spectrum. I'm not gonna say it's men's fault or women's fault. It's just both parties, to be honest. No, definitely both parties and some of it can go faulted to older generations, but you really can't blame anyone for not necessarily experiencing you know the proper amount of love to teach someone else and to like rightfully love someone else um especially black people (laughs) because we with all of our you know generational trauma i don't want to say i don't want to make this like absolute statement of saying black parents didn't take enough time to like love their kids but (laughs) i do want to say that because of external factors there was love that was love love was just missed it wasn't i feel like it didn't get the time to get nurtured in the same way as you know, other races, because there was extreme external factors at hand. And while there was like, love is always going to be love, like you're always going to love your kids, you're always going to look like, protect your kids. 
but from my experiences from my own family amongst my own friends it seems to like sound like with a lot of black families is that people like people grew up in really conditional households like you you probably didn't have the most emotional responsive parent but they provided for you you know and they let you know like i i did this for you i provide for you food on the house i mean food in the house you have shelter we've all heard that before probably so it's like of course i love you but that emotional factor lacks sometimes i'm so glad you and no no that that's that was it yeah i'm really glad you brought that up because it contributes so much to how we love because, you know, like I said, it does. you want to fill these roles that you were never called to fill. And I can see that in a sense, because, you know, like you said, external factors, like if you're a single parent, you know, you don't, you're working and, you know, you're trying to provide by yourself. So sometimes you can't even may have the time to, you know, invest emotionally or truly invest like in that nurturing process because you have to play both roles. And as mm-hmm. you know, it's not necessarily their fault because they try to do their best and they do. They do, yeah. But it's just a matter of when we grow up and when we face relationships, we carry the cross and we carry the burden and we have to reverse it and flip it in our favor. We do. We have to We have to learn love and then after learning it, you know, heal from maybe your lack of love or healing from things that you don't like about yourself because like I said earlier, the importance of self-love, you know, you need to heal, you need to build that confidence in yourself. Like I can love me openly, unconditionally. Like now I can love someone else because if you have conditions with yourself, those same conditions are gonna be projected onto someone else. And it's so hidden and you come from such an entitled place because you've been hurt, so you deserve this, this, and that, and you do deserve it, right? But like, you know, we both said, you can't force love, it's a natural feeling. And you end up hurting yourself trying to do things and materialize love by having role fulfillment involved, because now you're making love conditional and it's never gonna be authentic because once the condition stops, once you let up one day, you realize, and then it's like, I'm hurt again. No one loves me, you know? Yeah, I really feel that as far as um, kind of the, my guy friends I talk about or I talk to with, it's kind of sometimes women see that you're trying <laughs> and they see your potential and they see that you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're generally trying to do good and that one day you might slip up or you might say the wrong thing. And then it's like, oh, see, like, exactly. Like, you didn't fulfill this role. So then, yeah. so then now it's like, she's mad at you, you ain't fulfill the role. And then you're upset because you're like, well, why are you holding me to the standard in the first place? So then I'm really glad you brought up that point because I feel like that's really prevalent. That because she may have encountered somebody else with, um, you know, not the same level expectations and or just doing whatever, you know, not really wanting mm-hmm. much. But then she sees somebody who already has those goals, already has the vision, who already has the ambition, and then holds them to this role to fulfill. And then when we're human and we don't fulfill that role, then it's a matter of, oh, you know, you're not, you're not this, you're not that, or you're this, you're that, rather than, you know, I'm human. I'm just trying. Yeah, and, and see, and that all goes down to, like, not just enjoying, like, It's so beautiful when you can really learn to enjoy intimacy and the presence of someone else, even if it's just for a moment. Like if you learn to just like detach yourself from relationships, from having to be in a relationship, even down to just experiencing certain things, if you can take that away, then you can learn to love people for really who they are not who you want them to be because you want this relationship so you want this boyfriend or you want this specific girlfriend or you want something and it's not you shouldn't fear like wanting love but 
you can't crave it because you're coming that that's a void then if you're craving love if you're wanting love it's because you're wanting something to be fulfilled that you need to be fulfilling yourself and if you until you do that no one's going to meet your standards because you haven't even met your standards and you don't even know it because that's why you have these standards and i'm not talking about standards like you know a job and an education i'm talking about those emotional standards when you really reflect on things and you really see how it ends and you like analyze the communication most of the time like people realize what they've done wrong you know even if the conflict even if they did something you realize like i was expecting way too much emotionally from this person that i've met like 2 3 months ago or 4 months ago because love needs time to build and grow and naturally form it's an it's an experience it's not it's not a specific thing you know it doesn't have a set identity it's just an experience that you feel so let that feeling grow don't try to force it you know heal yourself love yourself enjoy other people's presence enjoy meeting someone going out on a date with them learning who they are and then let go of planning like let go of we're doing this we're making these steps he's going to be mine soon like that's not your person like the love will form like you will feel it between the two of you when it's time to be felt that's the truth and that that part on um that you talked on and touched on about craving love that's a lust so it's like we talk yeah. so we talk so much about um what love <laughs> is that it exposes what it is not and what yeah. the other end of the spectrum yeah. is that lust and that you know another great point you touched on is love people for who they are not who you want them mm-hmm. to be that you know like oh he's going to be this one day or she's going to be this one day but loving somebody for where they currently are and i recently watched um michelle obama's um becoming documentary on netflix super good mm-hmm. and she talked about how when she was loving barack that she was like i didn't want to be an appendage to his dream you know i wanted to support his dream so if that meant i had to take the back seat to him cuz look like she went to princeton got her um law degree yeah. was a big time lawyer. She was going for her. Yeah, she was she was that woman. And mm-hmm. here comes Barack and then it's like she has to, you know, take a step back in order for him to be who he became. So it's like that's true love right there because she could have easily been like, you know what? You know, like I'm going to get mine regardless and you know, he can find somebody else to do that with but not me. but she left him to the point where you know i see his potential i see what he i see his vision i see his ambition and i support it to the point that i will put myself not beneath but i will i'll put my yeah. i'll put myself in a position to where i can support him and push him towards his purpose rather than being um a hindrance to it and that was beautiful to me and see i'm i'm really happy you brought that up too because see that's a that's a beautiful story and love exists in that form like she let go to receive and i'm sure he let go to receive too and i think people especially like you know in the whole rom- romance culture that i talked about they hear stories like that and they see stories like that and they think that's what they have to do to get it and so i'm I'm happy you brought that up just just so I can say that their love isn't everyone's love so that might not happen the same way for you or for me you know we might meet people and the opposite might have to occur in order for our love to work and so I just I basically just want people to know that like while yes love has like these really beautiful stories and looks like it's also your own experience that you created like they did that together that's how they experience their love and so 
you can experience love in that same way too but if it doesn't come in that form like don't block your blessing because you think that person doesn't love you because you know they want to pursue their dream too because if it's real you guys will work through that as well very true very true so i guess kind of going back to um marriage mm-hmm. i guess this, pop- this question just popped in my head so will you so when or if you get married will mm-hmm. you try to get a prenup and i know this has been like a really big question i've like had with my friends with mm-hmm. uh, as far as you know <clears throat> in this kind of 21st <laughs> century you know does a man still pay all the bills or does a woman or do y'all go half? Do you have joint accounts? Do y'all have separate accounts? Do y'all have a prenup or do you, or do you not have a prenup? So would you like personally, would you have a prenup whenever um, that's your time for you? Um, if I feel compelled to, then I will. And I will hope the person that I marry doesn't take offense to that because I find that very um childish and exposing in some ways but I mean I can't judge I don't want to that sounds a little too judgy but to me you know I find that kind of childlike because why do you need your counts to be joined in order to be in love you you know and and see people females like because I see women getting offended by this and I've I've seen men because Ultimately, what came into my mind when you said that was um, Adele's divorce and how she has to pay her ex-husband um, a large percentage of her income um, because of their divorce because they didn't get a prenup, right? And I feel like, to me, see, that's not fair. That's not right. My money has nothing to do with, with love, like, in our marriage. Like, yes, you know, once you guys move into together finances are going to be shared that's a good argument for that you can create a joint account on your own but I don't think anyone should be forced to join an account for you in order to love you and if you take offense to that and think that they don't love you because they don't want your accounts to be joined then I say that's exposing because boom like you're adding a condition to love like you're adding a look to marriage you're feeding into this view and I don't want to be a part of that right I guess my view on that is I agree in a sense because Mm -hmm. personally for me I see it in a in a middle ground I can say we can have our own separate accounts but let's have a account together purely for the purpose of saving so that mm-hmm. let's say there's a rainy day or like now like there's a global pandemic if we're both putting money into that account together and accumulating wealth together in that account whenever there's a rainy day whenever you know the, there's an emergency we have money to pull from that account rather than mm-hmm. if there's a, an emergency oh do you have this amount oh do you have this amount but then if we're both both equally contributing to that account and letting the money grow and letting it foster, then, you know, when a rainy day comes, we're good. Um, with my judgment not in mind, because there there's there isn't any. Um, would you be offended if you were asked to sign a prenup? Um, I wouldn't be offended. However. <clears throat> I just see it in a way that just from the jump, it was the two become one. And like, that's a promise. And that's like, uh, like a covenant you keep with somebody else. So I know I necessarily wouldn't be offended and I would sign it, but it's just like, you know, loves through sickness and health and all that goes, whatever with the vows or whatever. But Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of, you know, in order to receive, you have to release. So like that, that kind of legal, legal ramifications of, you know, prenups and all that stuff. That is like, to me, it would show, this is my opinion. It's just so like a lack of faith in, you know, the institution, because if, mm-hmm. if, if things, I understand if things happens, you know, we have to separate. Okay. 
But then signing a prenup before is just the faith that, you know, you don't have faith that, you know, it could work or you don't or you're protecting yourself. But then if you're why are you trying to protect yourself if, you know, I'm supposed to be your spouse, you know, so I can I see it on both ways. Agree. Yeah. Like I can I can sympathize with that because like me saying that earlier, I would probably I, I mean, I can't speak for my future self. Who knew, like, who knows what she'll be? But, like, I would be, I would feel some type of way. Like, I would feel like, like, oh, like, are you, do you lack faith in me, you know? Like, do you think that this isn't going to work out? I can really understand that point of view. Because I can see how a prenup can come across as that. Like, why are you taking this precaution? Why do why these precautions need to be taking place? Right. If we're supposed to be together for the rest of our lives and have this union between us. Yeah. So, Haley, do you have any final questions for me? Um, I do not. This was a really great talk, and I'm glad I got to be part of it. Yeah, thank you for your honesty and your <clears throat> candidness. You opened my eyes to a lot of things, and you wouldn't believe it. But I have a lot to think about and a lot to sit back and reflect on. So I thank you. And you know, I just want to thank you so much. Do you, would you like to talk about your blog real quick? Um. Uh. Yeah, I have a blog for it was for class. I am gonna keep up with it. It's called the Breakdown of Gen Z. Uh, more of us fall under that category than some of you might realize, even if you don't want to claim us. Um, but basically, through that blog, I just speak on, you know, topics like love or, you know, I, I show art, I show music, I show opinions. I just wanted to um, show the world who Gen Z really is because there's so many opinions about us so I I wanted a positive you know but honest outlet to explore us basically so if anyone is interested in being on it I'm open to anyone I love interviewing people I love diversity I want it for my blog so um, you can definitely DM me on Twitter and we can interview you about whatever you want and I will post it right lob your Twitter what's your Twitter um, my Twitter is underscore, um, H with four A's, L-E-I-G-H underscore. So it's my name with four A's, if you know me. Great. Well, y'all go support Haley in her blog. Be sure to reach out. We want to support and uplift all Black creatives in all their endeavors. And, yeah. you know, this is a platform to, you know, support diversity, support conversation, and just have talk. So thank you, Haley, for tuning in. I thank y'all for listening. And thank you guys. Stay tuned. All right. Bye.